everybody. Welcome to another episode of World of Wellness Podcast. I'm your grateful host, Megan. Today we have a special guest, Reed Davis. And Reed is a certified holistic health practitioner and a certified functional nutritional therapist. And he is an expert in functional lab testing. So in this podcast today, we talk about we talk about what he does with the FDN. We'll talk about stress. We'll talk about mindset. We talk about sugar and just why it's so important to look at your what you're doing and how you're doing, what your body's saying to you through lab testing so that you can then stop guessing what's wrong, stop taking a pill with what's wrong and really get to what lifestyle factors need to be adjusted for your health. So please enjoy this conversation with Reed Davis. Reed, thank you for coming on the World of Wellness podcast today. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit today. Hey, thanks a lot. It's been great talking to you so far, Megan, and I look forward to the rest of the discussion. Well, would you mind starting by introducing yourself to our listeners so they can get to know you a little bit? Sure. I mean, I'm a regular guy. Um, My classical education was actually in environmental law and business law. And I was in that field for, you know, saving the planet, the environment. I was a conservationist, air birds, water trees, bees, all that very dedicated mission driven. And then in the late nineties, I was getting older. I started turning my attention to, well, what's this environment doing to me and people? And, you know, I didn't want, I was healthy, ate well, exercised a lot. Um, I like to go out in nature, ride motorcycles and things, but um, I didn't want anything sneaking up on me. And so I just decided to change careers and start working with people instead. And so I went to work in a wellness center in Southern California and I, you know, I'm a fast learner and I, I just absorb things. Uh, so I, I went to work and guess what? Everybody walking in that door, they were coming in for chronic stress related complaints not gunshot wounds and, you know, uh, things like that. So they, they just um, had been to five, six, eight, ten 10 different practitioners and we're better yet. And I thought that's a ripoff. You know, like I had, didn't have any health problems. I've been in for a few bumps and bruises and some dental work, but, but never really didn't know what the system, the, the medical system was like. And I was flabbergasted and as naive as it sounds, I thought, I'm going to be the last person you need to see for that downward spiraling chronic stress related condition. And I went to work. So I worked in that clinic for 10 years. My claim to fame is that I ran more lab work than anybody. I reviewed <laughs> thousands and thousands of what are called functional lab tests and correlated that with a person, used them to explain why. Well, here's why you feel so lousy and why you're not getting better and develop some protocols around that. So I developed this system of investigation and then the natural protocols to put people back in charge of their own health. And that's what what the other thing that drove me was, you know, I like my freedom and, uh, and I couldn't believe people were putting their health in someone else's hands to the degree that they were. Why do you think that is that um, people don't take responsibility for their own health and why we end up in those kind of positions? You know, it, it's been going on for a long time that, uh, you know, if you, if you get an owie or, you know, sick or you take a pill, 
it's just happened for the last 120 years or so, you know, medicine changed right after the turn of the, uh, into the 20th century to, um, do- only doctors know what's right. Only doctors can help you. And if you get, if you get a boo-boo, go, go see a doctor. Now that's not always a bad thing to do because right. relief care is important. You want to get out of pain or whatever. Right. Just, um, but when you start getting into the chronic stress-related conditions, uh, there's no pill that's going to fix that. They can get rid of the symptoms, but they don't fix it. So people um, don't either aren't aware, they're not self-aware enough, they don't uh, aren't used to take, having control uh, from the time their kids have been going and getting their needle, you know, <laughs> when they go to the doctor. And again, it's never not a bad thing. Doctors are great for ruling out um, uh, really dangerous conditions. We we want that. But, you know, when they tell you nothing's wrong with you, like they run a blood test and this happens to thousands of people all the time. Uh, I, went, I felt like crap, this, that, this, that. I went to my doctor, he ran blood tests, said nothing's wrong with me. Have you ever heard, heard that one? Oh, definitely. hundred percent. Yeah. So we don't run those tests and say there's nothing wrong with you. And by the way, if they did find something wrong. You know, they would generally run a test uh, on, based on the symptoms anyway, besides your regular blood work. So if you went in there with a certain set of symptoms and they thought, well, that sounds like thyroid, for instance, hypothyroidism. And then, God forbid, you know, they run the, the thyroid test and then, yep, found your problem. Pat myself on the back, write your prescription and treat the paper for the most part. You know, just just here's what let's get those numbers in shape. And so your subsequent visits are more to check the numbers than they are to deal with what you originally went in there for. Your tiredness and fatigue and constipation and can't lose weight and hair thinning, cold or numb extremities and, and on and on. The things that, that uh, go on with that, with that condition. So when you take the medication, you might feel a little better. And that's not a bad thing. But if you don't deal with the underlying causes and conditions, those symptoms will come back sometimes with a vengeance or new symptoms will appear. And so uh, I'm not sure I answered your question, but those are some thoughts on, you know, taking responsibility. So you got to dig deeper. Yeah. So I guess my two, I have two questions here. So with the FDN, you're not necessarily just doing a um, black test or a sorry, blood test. What kind of tests, well, I guess we should, one, talk about what is FDN, two, and then what kind of blood tests are you doing? And then throw a third question on there. How do we, how do we get in front of all of it? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try to <laughs> talk and then you can yeah. interrupt. Yeah, I got you. Because <laughs> this is so wild. I, I love the what I do. Yeah. And so much so that after 10 years. I realized I can only help so many people. Yeah. So, and I was encouraged. You read, you have to be teaching. You got to teach other people what you're doing, man. And so, I mean, from the customers, you should be teaching. And uh, my vendors, like the labs were saying, who the hell are you? How do you get so many customers? You know, how can you be running this much lab work by yourself? And you're not even a doctor. I was working in a doctor's office, a wellness center. But I was really the nutritionist. I have a personal training certificate. I did a lot of body work and things in the office, but but mostly lab work for people and and figuring things out. And uh, so FDN 
functional diagnostic nutrition. It's just the name I came up with. I, I didn't know what else to call it. It just kind of occurred when, when I went to teach my first class. What are you going to call it? Because uh, I had just been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. The only reason I was developing the processes was to have a successful business and clinic again down in San Diego. So, so, um, you know, okay. It's functional. It deals with function, not disease, but just function and it's diagnostic in nature. Now that's a problem because it's people think of medical diagnosis. We have nothing to do with the medical diagnosis. It's so, but it's functional. It's diagnostic in nature, the way you would diagnose maybe a car or a, or a computer. Uh, Because we do look at data, look at a lot of data. And then it's nutrition, but more or less nurturing. So not just nutrition for the body, you know, the vitamins, minerals, and all that stuff, but nurturing the the soul and the mind and emotions and things like that, too. So anyway, it's a name that caught on. Now I can't change it. (laughs) So what, what kind of tests would you expect to do with you that you wouldn't do in like a doctor's office? Well, we automatically run four or five labs on people because, again, it, so there's no one test. Yeah. There's no one test. Well, what are some examples of things that you I want to saliva, urine, blood, and stool. So the saliva, urine, blood, stool. We want bodily fluids. So we can look at these subjective markers that explain why you feel so lousy yeah. and identify the healing opportunities. So hormones, the immune system, digestion, detoxification. We look at energy production and the nervous system, autonomic, you know, parasympathetic, sympathetic balance is really important. And so when you have a constellation of healing opportunities versus a single diagnosis, right, concentrating that one dot, you know, we look at all the dots and then connect them to a person. And that uh, that flows naturally into a, a holistic lifestyle or grounding program. So saliva, urine, blood, stool, hormone, immune digestion, detoxification, energy production, nervous system. You can remember it easily because the acronym is HIDDEN, H-I-T-T-E-N. And uh, and then, it, again, it flows right into a way the person can be in control. Now you've taught them what needs to be improved and how to improve it. And they can go do it with your help, you know. Yeah. So... <sighs> Lots of questions here. <laughs> Anywhere you want to go. <laughs> so um, what is there like a, when you're working with people who come to work with you, is there a common trend that you see of things that they deal with or is it all over the board? Good question. Yeah. The, the common trend is that there's always multiple causal factors. There's never one cause. People say all the time, we find the root cause, root cause. Well, they may go upstream a little bit and look for it, but you're always going to find more than one if you if you really look deep enough or far enough up, upstream. By the way, they're very disconnected from the immediate symptoms sometimes. They're so far upstream, they don't even seem related. So that's one thing that people have in common in this chronic stress-related um, health problem world. So the other thing, those problems are always crashing into each other. They're overlapping and having an effect on each other. So they're not singly measurable. That's why your standard blood test and everything looks normal. And even if you're running one or two tests, you might say, well, I already got checked for leaky gut, or I got checked for some of these, you know, functional medicine, uh, common labs. 
uh, it's still not enough. You need more of a constellation. And so we don't specialize in one thing. And so those are a couple of commonalities, uh, multiple causal factors, and they're all having an effect upon each other. That's be huge. And and I guess there was one other thing is um, we don't treat the paper. You know, I mean, or th- that's another thing I find very common. That they've been somewhere, had a test, and they went on a protocol, and it isn't really helping very much. Right. So the, these people are caught in that same cycle of trial and error. Now, do you think that these people get stuck in trial and error because do you do you think that they are not knowing what to look for in themselves so that that, you know, like, how do we how do we then teach people to, okay, I'm feeling like this. How do I how do I how do I slow it down and rather than just run right to a doctor and try to get into a lab test? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. So you're, it's okay to do the, the latter. You know, if you have a, if you have chronic headaches every day for two weeks, go see a doctor, make sure you don't have a tumor or something. You know, I mean, there, right. there are medical conditions that need to be looked at. If you, uh, whatever you have, um, it's okay to get checked out. But if you hear nothing's wrong with you, here's your chill pill but you know something's wrong with you, then it's time to start investigating. And I have trained 3,000 warriors to do the investigation and more. Uh, you know, I teach a course. People are signing up every day and uh, learning this and becoming part of a really interesting community, by the way. So you want to start looking deeper. And it might be related to your diet or you're not sleeping well, you don't exercise, or you've got so many different stressors, you don't even know how to sort them out, or you're not taking supplements, you're not getting enough of the um, support that you need. Um, So that's where a person has a lot of leverage in those areas. Where they don't have much leverage and where they need help is with the testing. Again, it's H-I-D-D-E-N. That sounds like it's very complicated. It's not, it's actually very simple hormones are they balanced the immune system is it under or overreactive you know hid digestion are you breaking down and absorbing nutrients because you can be spending a ton of money on organic stuff but if you're not getting the vitamins minerals the essential fatty acids antioxidants and all the things out of it that you're supposed to you know you can imagine detoxification is really important so there's a simple step-by-step procedure a person could go through if they're willing to invest in their health. So then we take what they like, let's use the digestion for a second. Then would that be okay? Well, now you're going to, when you're working with the coach on the aspect, then you're going these, let's look at your diet related to your digestion. Let's look at your stress levels. How is that affecting your digestion and see what like, is that, is that kind of the approach that you take after you do the labs with that? We look at the labs first. So yeah. there's data. Right. And obviously you talk to a person, yeah. you get the complete history. What's your main complaint? How often does it bother you? How long has it been yeah. going on? What have you tried so far? All of these things. So we, we get to know people pretty well before we onboard them because some people aren't compliant. We, we know how to spot uh, malingerers and things like that. So you, you need people who really want to, do the work on themselves. Right. So you have to be self-aware at a certain point. Then we'll run the labs and it's an investment that we can't help what they cost. They cost right. what they cost. Yeah. And um, yeah. 
And then, and of course we get our fees to, to do all this for a person. But once we've done the investigation, we can customize, we call it a results and recommendations session geared to that person. There's no one diet that's right for everyone. People work different hours and sleep different patterns and things. Exercise, you know, there's a million different programs. And so you got to get the right ones for an individual. I would never give the same. uh, We call that, by the way, D-R-E-S-S, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. So that's our dress program. That's that's the protocol. So it's really simple to do FDN. You look at the hidden stressors and dysfunctions upstream with the lab work, and then you design a dress protocol or program. And then guess what? Someone has to run the program. Guess who gets to do that? The client, you know, the person. And we're there to guide and and coach and um, hold them accountable and correct course. You know, everyone's a little different and we, we have a starting point and a place we want to get to. But really quickly, people feel better. Yeah. Really quickly, yeah. they start getting in control. And that's the ultimate goal is to be self-reliant and in control of your own health. Makes me think about stress because I think when people are stressed, they stress throws off everything. Like stress is like we have good stress, we have bad stress, and too much good stress yeah. is bad, and too much bad stress is you know like <laughs> life is stress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's really a good question. So in the protocol, diet is not. There's no one for everybody. We know right. exactly how to get the right diet for you. At least a good starting point. Right. The rest, you know, exercise goes without saying. But when it comes to that stress reduction, it's a big area. Yeah, because there's so many different kinds. You've got your mental, emotional stress, your job and your relationships, you know, kids and money and and all these different things that are mentally, emotionally stressing you out. You could even throw existential angst into that because person without a purpose probably is never going to be really happy. So you got this whole person and then you've got physical trauma, your, your history of me. I have motorcycle accidents, surfing stuff, construction. When I work construction injury to a knee, I've got uh, my sports injuries from football and things, wrestling. I did jujitsu until I was about 64 years old. And so you've got this buildup of trauma and, you know, aches and pains and things going on in your body that could limit you. That's a form of stress. Your body doesn't know the difference between a shoulder pain and someone yelling at you, they both right. raise your cortisol, throws your hormones out. And then finally, if that isn't bad enough, you've got environmental stress, all the chemicals in everywhere. You know, you get new furniture and all of a sudden you feel sick. Well, because it's outgassing chemicals from the plant and the fire retardants and, and all the things that are in there, not to mention what's in your food and air and water and, you know, that. So you've got we generally have these three big categories, emotional, uh, emotional, mental, emotional stress, physical trauma, you know, actual damage to your body. And then of course the chemical and biochemical, your body produces toxins as a, as a metabolic function. It just, it happens. You've got to be excreting those and so on. So I love talking about stress. Well, let's keep talking about it because I, you know, I I always, I didn't even put this together, but that we can kind of become accustomed to a certain level of stress. So then our body kind of just like, oh, this is a normal level. But in reality, it's 
getting used to the stress is actually putting us farther and farther into a, um, health crisis if we're kind of elevating our, um, but then once you get rid of the stress, I think this is why people in Italy, I think when they say you rest, you die (laughs) because we're so used to going up here that we're not getting enough into that parasympathetic nervous system to reduce the stress. So then it just kills us until, you know, stress is a silent killer, right? <laughs> it can be. I mean, yeah. it could be pretty uh, vociferous too, you know, but they talk about heart attacks being uh, stress related right. and um, you can, your first symptom could be a fatal heart attack for sure. You were right. fine. He was fine. Then he died. of. Heart attack. Well, I don't think he was so fine. Uh, or she, you know, whoever you might be talking about. So these things can sneak up on you. They can accumulate and they are accumulative in nature. The body is very resilient. You know, you want to keep everything in balance and that keeps you resilient. You can handle some temporary stress of one form or another. But when, when the way we live today, we're under constant bombardment, especially, I think, from the mental, emotional stuff. That's why you can't watch TV, all these different things, you know, or, be very selective at least, you know, and, um, and uh, it, it's, it's um, something that can be managed when you're aware. So you've got to become more aware. You'd be amazed at what people think is normal. Right. It, it's crazy. Um, I could just tell you so many stories. Um, people would just accept things and then they find out different and they get, they get more upset with themselves being so so unaware but i i um i like where you're going with this you know i'm gonna talk about stress all day long and it comes in so many different forms as i said let me just tell you tell you a quick story sure this lady because of a hidden stressor because food happens to be a really big one yeah i love running the food sensitivity test you would not believe how many people looking backwards that it's almost like a miracle Looking forwards, I can't predict if it's going to help this person or that person, that person, or to what degree it's going to help them. But looking backwards, miracles. So one of my very first cases, this is over 20 years ago, ladies coming in the office. The World Wellness Center, chiropractic, acupuncture. As I said, I did nutrition and and, uh, trigger point therapy. And so this lady comes in, it's about her 10th visit. Maybe, you know, we get to know each other pretty well. I take her back to give her some trigger points put a heat pack on her and, and then the chiropractor would come in after a few minutes and, and give her an adjustment. And I could just tell she was down and Megan, she was going, uh, uh, it's just, uh, you know, why are you so down? Uh, it's just weight, you know, I'm 40 pounds overweight and it's just killing me. And, you know, I'm trying to be positive, you know, well, what are we going to do about that? There's nothing I could do about it. I'm on this medication for the hives. I get this big blotchy hives on my skin all the time. And so I have to take this medication and it makes me gain weight. And the other day I was at the doctor, she told me, and uh, she was telling him how frustrated she was with that. And she says, he told her, lady, you can be fat or you can have the hives. Take your pick. And she said, well, that's really depressing. And he says, well, I can write your prescription for antidepressants if you'd like. So now there was a hidden stressor in there. But what I said to her was, I can understand how you feel, you know, so bad today. Um, did Why didn't you ever try to find out why you get the hives? And her head snapped around so hard, I thought she wouldn't need her chiropractic adjustment. 
for that day. You know, she, she, uh, what, what? Like she'd been doing this thing for two years with the hives medication, gained 40 pounds. It was never offered anything alternative or, or just never even thought of well, what's causing the hives. So we ran a couple labs and I, I said, yeah, this is what part of what we do here is help people with stuff like that. Cause she was just in for neck pain and, um, found out she had a lot more than that going on and helped her within a couple of weeks. She was off her medication. She says, Reed, I told my doctor the other day, I'm not taking that medication anymore. I'm completely off of it. Cause she got off the foods that she was really sensitive to. And then she said a week later that she's now in the gym working out to a sweat and she was taking a hot shower. She had not had a hot shower or worked out to a sweat in two years. So it completely changed your life because even on the meds, she got, got the hives when she did that. And within another week or so, she was losing weight, feeling really fantastic. And that that's part of what drives me is stories like that. I have hundreds of them, case after case after case, where we found a hidden stressor that they didn't even know. And no one else seems to be looking at or caring about. Right. So that's what we mean by going upstream and finding out the causal factor. Do you think that, do you think it's, do you think it's more than a lack of awareness that something could be causing something that I'm feeling, or do you think it's more of, um, just not caring about it? You know, uh, it's funny you ask that because you'd be surprised how many people don't want to know what their food sensitivities are. Yeah. They, I, want to, I don't want to know because, you know, uh, the, the pain of suffering that they're going through now um, doesn't seem as bad as the pain of finding out of, that you can't have ice cream anymore or just something, you know, whatever it might be. So well, do they care? Yeah, I think they care, but um, yeah. they're not willing to make the changes. So they don't make good customers for us, uh, clients. Somebody, somebody told me that sometimes that the, 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 like you're saying the thought of the dog sitting on a nail, the dog sitting on a nail and he's whimpering and whimpering, like something's wrong, but he won't just get up off the nail. Yeah. Um, there's sure, I'm sure there's a lot of analogies we could come up with, yeah. but, um, but yeah, uh, uh, people, are afraid to change. They think the change is going to be worse than the, um, the, the situation they're in, like a bad marriage. You know, people are scared to death to get divorced. They can't stand their spouse, but they're, Oh, but being divorced is horrible. That must, re- and they're just afraid that they're, Oh, they're going to have to get a new relationship. And, and there's all this problems out there. I might get murdered by an ex murderer or something. whatever they're thinking. I don't know. I don't really, behave that way you know i'm i'm out so i think i think there's there's certain types of people that need to be more self self-aware and that there's coaching available you know pretty much i run labs and i can yeah. tell you physiologically what's going on physiologically yeah um mentally and emotionally i believe it's about habit forming you know forming new habits and learning how to form habits As a matter of fact if your listeners want, uh, go get the book Atomic Habits. Mm. It's really a good book on on. Forget all the psychology. Yeah, you know, just go change your habits. There's techniques that work. You know, you don't have to change much as a person 
other than your daily habits of what you eat and whether you exercise or not and and all these things but also if you wanted to be creative and let's say you wanted to start playing the guitar you better create a habit around you know and and so there's this very good information about how to change habits so um that just makes me think too like when people are resistant to changing habits or resistant to actually working on themselves and figuring out what's wrong with them what's going to happen if you don't change like if you're if your life continues down the path that it's on the way that your health is without taking the pause to go okay i need help what's actually going on with me what what's your health going to look like it's either you face the problem while you can or you lose your quality of life. Yeah, you do. You know, some people, uh, I read something, a little quote is this morning. It said, uh, you don't stop exercising because you get old. You get old because you stop exercising. Ooh. You know, so things like that. It's like, you got to keep doing the thing. You keep these really good habits. Again, it, for me, it comes down to D-R-E-S-S. Remember, I spent 10 years as in an office as the patient educator. Yeah. So I've spoken to thousands of people about these things. And I just am a systematic, I'm a good organizer. I came up with this dress. Everything falls under D, diet, eating right, you know, rest, getting a good night's sleep and deep sleep and regenerative sleep and all this stuff. Exercise, you know, they say sitting is the new smoking. Even as we're both sitting here, you know, we're going to get up after this interview and yeah. go do something useful. Yeah. And, and then so diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, you sort out your various stressors and you reduce them. You know, um, you, you, you can get rid of bad relationships, uh, shitty jobs, and you can make more money and you can take more control. And uh, then as far as the physiological and things, you, you know, that's why they're professionals. Get some good coaching. Um, and then on the supplementation, you know, I don't have my own line of supplements, but I know an awful lot about them and help people with those protocols as well. Anything that is a diet, rest, exercise, and supplements goes under stress reduction, yeah. some kind of stress, environmental, you know, radiation, electromagnetic frequencies, and you name it. Um, do I'm just curious what the two questions about the supplement the supplementation part of it one are most people deficient in something <laughs> my personal opinion <laughs> yeah yeah we don't want to go there but in terms of nutrition um it's very unlikely the first the first thing we use supplements for would be to make up for what's not in food right so food is very low quality it's not grown the way my grandfather's grew it and yeah, so it doesn't have the nutrients in it. You know, uh, it's got fertilizer on it, makes it grow fast and you got to get it to market and these kind of things. So, so the nu nutrients are there, even in organic food, Megan, you know, this, we eat organic because we want to avoid per pesticides and herbicides and all that stuff. It doesn't have that much more nutrition in it. So you need to supplement what's right. missing or substitute. Uh, for what's not in there. But supplements are also very handy for stimulating certain systems or organs or supporting systems and organs. Even for self-treating people, you can take supplements um, 
that are, you know, help improve your immune system, for instance, you know, right. over colds quicker, things like that. So self-treatment, substituting for what's missing, stimulation of, let's say, your digestion, uh, or, um, you know, again, supporting the adrenals and, and these types of things. So, so we call it the four S's of supplementation. <laughs> That's how I remember these things. I have a yeah. system for everything. I, I love it. I, you know, I just learned a, I learned a new acronym today and I love that. Like the, there's dress on there, but the uh, fear is, um, faith or freedom, action, energy. I got it backwards in reward. I'm like yeah. reframing, reframing fear. I know that's different. A huge coaching skill. Yeah. Reframing. Yes. Yeah. Then that, that really comes to, to a, that applies in how we look at and approach our health reframing, like instead of, I don't want to do all of these tests to figure out what's actually going wrong with me, but like I get to do these so that I can further have a high quality of life doing these things. And if I do it now, I'll be able to do it rather than dreading the thing that needs to be done. Just like doing the dishes. Yeah. We got to do them anyway. <laughs> there's, there's some, uh, uh, the neuro linguistic programming that could come into play, like saying, I don't have to go to work. I get right. to go to work. Right. You should have a job that where you actually enjoy it. I get to go to work now. Um, fortunately I work at home, you know, when COVID came along and a lot of people got sent home, <laughs> we were able to say we're already at home and now there's lots of other people at home. So we, our, our business is all kind of expanded. Yeah. I'm not gloating at uh, what was a vicious uh, and unfortunate um, occurrence the pandemic but i'm just saying it, it it's uh kind of how you look at it you know when you're when your skill level and your challenges are balanced we have all these challenges and when you're skilled when you increase your skills to meet those challenges you're in, you're in the flow you can actually be a happier more joyful person which is the ultimate goal anyway just to be joyful and um and have the time to uh, be with your loved people doing joyful things. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, have you ever um, have you ever had kind of a has your lifestyle always been a holistic approach? Even as you were young. Yeah, good question. Well, other than some well, my mother raised us on natural food. Both my grandfathers were growers, so we ate things right out of the garden, rinsed them off in rainwater, and ate them raw. You know, I could remember doing that with lots of things. So, so pretty much, she gave us vitamin D uh, during every winter. You know, things like that. Cod liver oil back then. You know, but yeah, we we lived kind of naturally. Unfortunately, my dad did okay and was able to afford my mom's nutty ideas. I guess, but um, you get the point, you know. So, uh, uh, but yeah, when I was 19, I got a hold of this book. I went, I was going into, uh, they didn't have health food stores. We had food co-ops, food co-ops. And we went and bought your, your stuff in bulk and, you know, bulk peanuts or whatever. My protein, first protein, I used to drink this liquid protein way back. Nobody was doing that all those years ago, um, 50 some years ago. So uh, um, I bought this book called Healing Ourselves by Naburo Muramoto, and I still have it. Um, and it was about this, uh, these guys, these hippies, 
these hippies from San Francisco at their whatever they had natural little clinic wellness center or something had this Japanese guy come over, Noburo Muramoto, and this book was the product. They just documented everything he taught them over a couple year period. And then, and I read that when I was 19 and I started like being very suspicious of Western medicine and doctors and leaning towards just looking at your own body. And so I think the answer to your question could be yes, but I've had, I've, I've done some wildly, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call them. Um, I have a well-used body and I didn't, I wasn't afraid of anything. So, so, you know, I didn't always walk the talk back then. <laughs> um, what are some, what do we mean? Wild, like adventurous? Oh, dangerous things, you okay. know, um, riding, <laughs> you know, just holding onto a car, riding a bicycle at 60 miles an hour. I mean, just, just jumping off cliffs and, you know, all the things that, that boys do um, motorcycles been riding my whole life and have had no, you know, some pretty serious uh, spills, uh, different things like that. I, you know, in the sixties, seventies, early seventies, drugs were a big part of everyone's life back then, at least in the affluent suburbs of Chicago where I lived, you know, so um, we were a bunch of wild hooligans for sure. Like, but I worked hard the whole time. I always had a job. I always worked really, really hard. Um, I started working for myself when I was in my 20s, and I have almost never looked back. He can't look back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'll remember that from this show. Megan Zucker said, you can't look back. And I'll, I'll buy it. I'm with you. Cool. Um, what else? What else do I need to know? Well, you know, you since it's a health show, yeah. You know, do you what what do you find as um like a couple of number one problems? You know, I mean, we've definitely had got just gone through a period of uh really bad health for a lot of people. We lost a lot of good humans, and um that's not a good thing. My my thing from day one on that was to increase your resistance to you know, it was very obvious to to us that I, I wasn't at much risk. Even though I'm older, I was really healthy, really good immune system, digestion, all the things, you know, so I never, I was never worried. I, I said, bring it on, which might've been stupid, but, but, you know, that's just, again, sort of that little bit of recklessness that's never gone away, but yeah, kids never really at much risk and these things. So I think it was just up to the people who were at risk to lower their risk. Right. So as a, as a movement, I think we are lowering people's risk. That's, you know, and that that brings us up to a fairly contemporary topic and something I think everyone can do. I have a 90-year-old mom, 91-year-old mother. Two secrets to health. One is, I was going to say she never shuts up. But what I mean is she never sits still. You know, she's always moving, on the move, on the move. She's 91. She drives. She sings in the choir. She she writes poetry. She's on her sixth poetry book. She goes around to uh, old folks' homes and, and does her poetry. She still dances. The other day she goes, I may have to have surgery on my shoulder. I'm like, why? She goes, well, you know, when I'm doing my backstroke, it's been bothering me in the swimming pool at 91 years old, this kind of thing. So, it, But if you asked her, staying active and no sugar. Mm. No sugar. I've never eaten sugar. I never liked sugar. I don't eat any sugar. 
So, you know, what I do to punish her is send her a box of chocolates. <laughs> um, sugar's horrible. Can we talk about that? I was thinking yesterday, I, I've gone through two phases and being of where I have cut out sugar completely and then I would reintroduce it. Headache, craved more food. Because my body was like, something's like, you know, it was almost like it was so acidic that my body was like, put something that's going to help it and not just ruin your stomach wall. Yeah, sugar I, can be very dangerous. I uh, feel like that's another thing that um, people get used to. Just in, as we get used to stress, we get used to how our body feels. And then we just think it's normal to eat more sugar or to just keep putting things like coffee into our body to give us energy. But the fact is we're not eating the way that we should. Yeah, coffee. Some people consider that vitamin C coffee. Yeah. So, um, but with the sugar thing, you know, it's just another example. It's it's only one more of a very yeah. uh, comprehensive uh, bunch of systems in your body. We have a lot of resilience there. You know, we can temporarily raise it pretty damn high, but it needs to come back down and right. stay balanced. So balance and resiliency are what um, health is to me, balance and resiliency. So when you, if you keep stretching something out, whether it's blood sugar or whatever you might be measuring that that could be considered harmful, um, if you keep stretching it and keep stretching it and keep stretching it, just like a rubber band, it starts to lose its resiliency. Right. And it, and they snap, you know, they, they break easier. And so um, keeping your blood sugar, uh, stabilized is really important and but you can't do without it either your brain yeah uh, doesn't operate without glucose you know um i'm curious of your opinion but when we're looking at just living a healthier lifestyle and making healthier choices i personally think that there's two things that it comes down to the way that we're thinking about approaching things and yes <laughs> And then also in that sense, this ties into it, but I'm almost concerned at how um, stimulated we are and how challenging it is for us to sit quietly with ourselves. And I think that creates a lot of stress, having too much stress and being afraid to calm down but we have to change the mindset of how we approach things like even just getting the notifications on your phone or checking your emails, like constantly having that adrenaline dopamine hit and that's a stimulant, but we're not doing enough things to where we're getting quiet to allow the nervous system to calm down. And I think that comes down to mindset also. Mindset and purposeful um, meditation. You know, I think yeah, big part of my life has been, the parasympathetic nervous system, not always being in fight flight. Fight flight is your sympathetic is engaged and you're you're prepared to fight or flight, uh, run away and things like that. So your cortisol is high, you're on adrenaline, dopamine, these things, and that will burn you out. So you need to remember balance and resiliency. You know, there's a point at which if you're in sympathetic all the time, you break, you, know, you yeah. break down. People have nervous breakdowns and um, there are different levels. So you might not even know you're having one, you know, and you're just, you're just there completely wiped out uh, or you turn to drugs and, 
and things like that. So, so, so we do a lot of self-medication in this world. Um, sometimes I'm not sure uh, if coffee isn't even just another form of medicate self-medicating. Mm. Uh, I happen to like mine in the morning very much. Um, but uh, I, th I think your idea of the uh, self-awareness and uh, slowing down breathing and breathing to me is the easiest, cheapest way to do it. Air's free, you know, and you can just uh, turn your parasympathetic on and really calm down and feel a lot better, especially the, actually the more you do it. But so far as getting to sleep and things, it takes me maybe five breaths, like focus. Okay. I'm going to start my breathing now. And I don't even, I start counting from five down to one and I get to three maybe and I'm out. <laughs> I've always liked my sleep, yeah. but uh, that's a, so that was a really good point. See, and we would just put that under stress reduction, right? So anything that isn't diet, rest, exercise, or supplements it goes under that biggest of yeah. stress reduction. So um, you got to turn your mind. I won't say off; it it never goes off, but you just get into that uh, state. Uh, some people call it a vibrational state and you, you can sleep very deeply for those concerned about getting their eight hours of sleep. I would say six hours of really deep sleep with some REM mixed in is better. Yeah. You know, you, you, your things physiologically happen mentally, emotionally, and it's critical. Well, it's where our body repairs itself and that's where it heals the stress from the day. So if we're not getting the sleep, then this basically you're not, well, you're saying balancing the hormones in there. And so if we're not getting enough sleep because we weren't able to heal it in that rest time with the rejuvenation process that happens with the blood flow and blood moving when we sleep, it's just, it's just more stress added on top. Yeah. And you're also detoxifying and yeah. Um, you know, things are happening physiologically that you're not aware of um, the immune system and these things. But, um, you know, it's it's just five things. D, diet, R, rest, yeah. E, exercise, stress reduction and supplementation. Yeah. So we try to keep it really simple for our clients, you know, bringing it back to what's practical. Because yeah. knowledge doesn't necessarily equate to joy or happiness. They say knowledge is power, but not applied um it's kind of could be kind of frivolous so we empower with knowledge and education and um information but uh it's more the habit forming and changing a few things here and there and and then becoming more aware so i'm glad you mentioned the uh the meditation or you know sitting by yourself yeah i kind of with the, what we were saying with the meditation, but breathing, I think is one of the most underutilized tools that we have for ourselves. Yeah. I love it. Air's free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, it costs you nothing. Matter of fact, it's so rewarding to do that. Um, yeah, I get up really early, uh, early to bed, early to rise, work like hell and advertise, you know, you, uh, my dad said, you're like, stop, stop. With the I'm like, no, that was amazing. I know that was like alignment. Yes. <laughs> so, but you know what? If you get up at 3.30, 4 o'clock, you might find yourself taking a nap 
it can be one of the most restorative moments is to get a good nap in and you can function the, the rest of the day. I go to bed at eight 30. So I, I don't, uh, you know, but getting up early is, is the, that that's no problem. It's, it's the getting up too early thing for me. So I'll just get up and I work and I can get in a whole day's work. Sometimes I've worked up to eight hours by noon. Yeah. And man, you're, you're way ahead of the game. You hit everybody at 30 employees. Then they wonder how come he's always on top of things and ahead of it? Cause I get up early and get it done. And, um, but the thing about rest, see, that's why I didn't call it sleep diet, rest exercise, right? Sleep's only a, a part of that rest. You know, your body has to rest between exercise and it does it even sitting at my desk. You know, if I just got off the treadmill or my elliptical machine, I like much better. Um, I have a Peloton too. And, uh, you're, I'm now resting my legs. Like right now, as we, I'm resting. That's when they grow, by the way. Yeah. And you, and you're burning fat because my body wants to now replenish all the glucose stores that I burned up while I was exercising. So it will burn fat to do that if you eat right, if you fast and do things the right way. So, so there's a method, um, and um, that's what we teach. So how would at what so let's just say we're having somebody listen to this what would you say like how to know if you're ready to get your your whole body tested well if you're caught in the cycle of trial and error you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're frustrated and you've been going to people and some of them say um nothing's wrong with you here's a chill pill um or if they just sort of give you a pill for one thing, but you still feel lousy. Yeah. Or if you go and you try the next diet and the next uh, pills, you're, you're at, if you're in the store, the vitamin department, reading all the labels, you know, and, and looking at it going, I need that. I need that. You can look at, read every label. I need that. You know, so you're, you're caught in this vicious cycle and you need guidance and um, you need to run some labs. Cool. So that uh, I would say is, critical and even if you have a medical condition like uh you know your doctor is watching out for you and making sure you don't downward spiral really fast <laughs> that wouldn't be it's called dying you know downward spiral really fast um so you could still use a holistic grounding program around that yeah so people with serious conditions actually come and guess what sometimes their serious conditions go away you know, or the, the amount of medical uh, oversight you need is very limited after a while. Um, and if you've got a big old brain tumor, got to have a doctor watch that. I can't order scans and I don't, not a surgeon and things. You would never go to your, you would never go to your nutritionist um, with a gunshot wound. Right. <laughs> Snake bites, you know, yeah. um, you well, got to get fixed up. What you're saying just kind of made me think about no matter what you have going on, a holistic lifestyle is going to support everything else that you do and getting to the, of why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and then being able to adjust in order to live your life presently happy in the moment, um, is why we do this. (laughs) Physicians now are starting to hire, hire, 
um, health coaches. Yeah. I don't know that what I teach could be called health coaching. I think we're far beyond it. I think we're far beyond medicine. You know, we, I have a term I've been using lately. It's called intelopathy. So you've heard osteopathy and craniopathy. We're, we're intelopathy. We're based, it's really gathering intelligence and getting on a pathway that sometimes that pathway is narrower than what you thought you'd be happy on, but you end up being very happy yeah. on the narrow pathway. You become a little more disciplined and, and you start to be, have a lot of pride in that. Um, and so anyway, so physicians are hiring uh, health coaches and they really love our practitioners, the ones that I've trained because we're, we're beyond just behavior uh, and psychology. Um, we're, we know a thing or two about physiology, anatomy, biochemistry, and on and on. So we can be really helpful. And uh, there's physicians who only will hire an FDN trained health coach. Well, and I think also in today's world, we like data and data gives us something to reflect on. So I think getting, getting a biofeedback is important for us to be able to comprehend what's going on. Because I think if we don't know, I think we're at a point where if we, we don't necessarily trust that, Hey, maybe it's the sugar <laughs> that I'm eating. You know, we're not necessarily trusting our own thought process or we're not hearing our own process to be able to see what might be causing my stress or my, you know, I mean, stress like sickness or illness or whatever discomfort that I'm feeling. I'm having objectiveness and making a protocol around that sounds like what we need. Yeah. So if a person is not happy, yeah, they're not joyful most of the time. Some of it could be just mental, emotional. Like you just, yeah. you see the world as a place where the cup is half empty. Start there. Start with how you get up in the morning, whether you are in a state of gratitude or, or joy, or you're going to give this day the best uh, that you got these kind of things. So it, it could start there. And I'm probably not the best guy to talk to because I would just kick you in the butt um, and get you out there and, and then, and then, then do what we do, you know, so you got to start with your attitude, Yeah. but then, you know, run the labs, find out if your hormones we, we are out of balance and, and all the other things that we would test for, and then start doing the things that would improve it. And you might find your attitude comes around and you start being a little more grateful and appreciative and, uh, but that, that's a good place to, to start or finish. Yeah. Um, where and how do we send people to learn more about? Well, we have a special URL for you. It's functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. Yeah, I couldn't think of a longer name, but it's uh, <laughs> functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com slash world wellness. Cool. Slash world wellness. And um, since this is the World of Wellness podcast. Yes. Cool. We'll put a link in there for that too. Yes. Yeah, slash World Wellness. So um, it, it's it's a place to go and learn. Uh, you, don't, you don't get any pressure. You won't get sold anything. You just go and learn. And for those that are ready, we have a program for the health seeker. Uh, we could You could do um, a program run five labs and start working on yourself with one of my trained health coaches. Um, or you could become a practitioner and uh, 
that URL is geared a little more towards someone who wants to become an FDN than hire one, but um, it's a good place to go. And there's a chat chat box. Just just start a conversation. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for your time today, Reed. It was fun getting. Hey, to thank you for your time and thank you for yeah. having me here. Yeah. This is a real treat for me well, to get to you. talk about what I do. You know, it's like I'm like everyone else. I work every day. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people get the honor and privilege of being interviewed while they're, they're at work. You know, what do you do and yeah. how do you do it? And, and, you know, how does this help people? All that stuff. So I feel like tickled. So thank you, Megan. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, please like, subscribe, share. And then to learn more about Reed and his company, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, can go over to functionaldiagnosticmagician.com slash world wellness and he was excited to get a link. I didn't know I was getting one. <laughs> um, but links are in the show notes or right here. Have a great day. Get fit, feel good, have fun. Woo!